That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Is this thing on? All right, gentlemen, coming to main stage next, this is Bunny. Get up there. She's got a tornado of titties coming your way. Get those dollar bills ready. She's got an ass that shakes like Michael J. Fox. So get up there and throw, throw, throw them dollars. Dude, that is fucking iconic. (laughs) What's up, you sexy motherfuckers? Today, I have somebody that I have been looking forward to meeting. Not only me looking forward to meeting, but my husband was more excited about this guest than I was. Ophelia, a.k.a. Mama Tot, is in the house, baby. How are you? that is me. I'm perfect. I'm so excited to be here. Like, I didn't realize how much Tennessee, this area, is just like Mobile, Alabama. Oh, yeah, we're like sisters. Yeah, there's no difference other than the downtown area being just more lively than it is in Mobile. Mm -hmm. But, man, everybody acts the same, looks the same. So it feels like home. Yeah, it. Oh. you know what Nashville reminds me of? What? A southern version of L.A. Absolutely. Like a southern version yes, of L.A. Yes, and we're getting the traffic here, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking bullshit, let me tell you. <laughs> it, it gives me anxiety. I had anxiety getting here. Speaking of anxiety, how was it checking into the Airbnb yesterday? Um, it was a little <laughs> difficult. Um, you know, everything is so technical and computerized and... And I'm not too savvy with that. I mean, yeah. I can barely work a laptop. I don't like it. Um, but it, it was different. It give was me different. A, give me a key and a hole. That's all I need. <laughs> really? Okay? Like, literally. That's what my husband says. Okay? <laughs> yeah, that's what he said. Um, but, yeah, uh, it was a little stressful for that, but it was beautiful. Oh, good. It's, like, it's beautiful. Good, yeah. Oh, yes. We were laughing before the, uh, the camera started rolling because the Airbnb host, I was like, so is there a parking pass? And he sent me, like, fucking three paragraphs. And I'm just like, bro, I can't handle this shit <laughs> airbnb aside we got mama tot in nashville so did you go out last night in nashville you know did, I did, you, honey. did you get recognized um yes every wow. time i went to the restroom i was in there for 20 minutes hugging people yeah okay and taking pictures um one of them there was a, a bathroom attendant in there and we had a whole therapy session oh shit. she just i mean in tears and i oh. i mean i ended up like tipping her 30 dollars oh. because she, we just had it, it was it was beautiful but oh. everywhere i went honey there was somebody somewhere um i mean every i had no idea that it was this many people that that knew me right. in this area like i'm i just think People in Mobile know me or something. I don't know. That's why I think you're so much like my husband because my husband will go places and he always has people breaking down, crying to him, telling them his stories and how his music has touched them. And like, Because he's amazing. But so are you. And that's what I'm trying to say is you guys both have that same where you're just like oblivious to how... Mm-hmm 
much you touch people's souls, yeah. you know? Yeah, I don't think about it. I just... You just I do. think that I'm talking to my besties every day right. on those videos. But yes. I'm going to go out tonight and, and take some extra tissues because it was... <laughs> just pull them out. I your... was... I was... I was... I was a hot mess. Yes. Honey, we was drinking at 11 a.m. Oh. at the pool. Okay. <laughs> we came back, got, got a shower, and then went back out again, and we bar hopped, um, which that was fun. Yeah. Okay. Um, my bestie Rissa, she is just a ham. She's, she's hilarious. She's a sweetie pie. She's she hilarious. seems very protective over you. She's amazing. Yeah. Um, but her and Gibson are like buddy buddy. They're mm-hmm. besties. Um, but we had a great time, so we're gonna go out again tonight and then head on home. I'm so fucking stoked to hear your story. I just let's you know let's start from the beginning because I know that you have a story. Um, you know, with your mom and stuff like that, if I'm correct. But mm-hmm. um, so where were you born? Mobile. Mobile. Oh, so you're just yes. a lifer. Just ne- never left. Oh, well, I never love left. That. Sorry, I mean, my nose is running. It's. Over. I mean, it's it's home. It's yeah. You know, um, I don't have much family there, but you know, I've established family with you know my husband's side of the family. Oh, and, I love that. Um, then my kids' uh, sides of their family. Um, but yeah, I was born there. I'm 40. I'll mm-hmm. be 41 in September. You're beautiful. I'm 42. Thank We're just you. crushing it. I feel I'm like, trying to. I feel like women that are 40 and above are crushing it right now like you know, we're in our prime you know it's funny if you look at photos from like the 70s or 80s mm-hmm. and see people in their 40s they look like they were 60 right but you see people today mm-hmm. in their 40s and you 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 can't even guess their no. age no it, that is wild to me yeah you don't look like you're gonna be like you're 40 to me at all i i hope not you know Speaking of my mother, my mother was a beautiful woman. Mm-hmm. Um, I I will say that till the day I die. Mm-hmm. Um, and she really did have some pretty daughters. I will I will say Aww. that. So you have sisters mm-hmm. and brothers. So this is how this is how it goes because okay. I don't know if I've ever explained it in detail. I've searched like this. Right, I've searched for like answers and I couldn't find it. So I was really curious yes. as to that story. Well, well I'm the baby. I'm the baby. Okay, Okay. so many, many moons ago, my mother got married. Now, I'm not too sure how old. I would think probably in her early 20s. They got married young back then. They did. They did. She got married, and she had three children Mm. with that marriage. And I love him. That's that's my sibling's dad. We call him Papa. Um, After some time, they, they divorced. And then, you know, years later, she meets my dad. And then I was the only one they had together. Mm. On my dad's side, he gets married to this lady when he's 21. They have a daughter. They get divorced. He marries this other lady. They mm. have a son. They get divorced. And then he marries my mom. Sounds like my So dad. I have two siblings that are my half-siblings from my dad. And I have three siblings that are my half-siblings from my mom. Wow. But between my mom and dad, I was the only one they had together. Right. Same with me. Yeah. So, so it, it went like that. So my mom and dad were, were married until he passed away. And Aww. tell you the truth, if I think about it now, I, if he wouldn't have passed away, they probably would still be married because he just loved the hell out of her crazy ass. Oh, he, I, he was the only one that could really um, rein her in, if I can say it like that. Right. Um, he knew how to work her. He knew what not to do to set her off. He... He just knew the tricks of the trade mm. when it come 
to her. Um, so did your mom suffer from mental illness? Oh, it yes. sounds like she might have been oh, bipolar, yes. possibly. Um, she was bipolar. Mm. I think she was diagnosed. Mm. I want to say maybe mid thirties, early forties. Mm. It was around the time where I was about uh, eight or nine years old, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember the conversations about that, like just in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, she never came out and told me that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just remembered hearing it. And then as I got older, I remember seeing certain medication on the oh, table yeah. mm-hmm. and, you know, seeing what it was for and stuff. So she never came out and said anything, but right. I just remembered it. Um, it's got to be tough as a child to try to figure out, you know, put the pieces together. Of why is mom acting like this? You know, it, it's wild because when I was in elementary school, you know, first grade, kindergarten, second grade, to me, I'm thinking that's how every mama was. Mm. It's not, you know, I'm not realizing that mine was, was quite different. Right. Until I started to get a little older. Fourth grade, fifth grade, I would stay at other people's homes, you know, slumber parties, right. birthday parties, and I'd start seeing all these other mamas mm. that would just be so nice and sweet. And, you know, I there was um, a little girl named Jessica that moved in the neighborhood. I met her on the bus, and mm. we became instant friends. And her um, mama's name was Miss Carmen. Oh, she was so pretty. Oh. She was just a blonde bombshell back then. Um, I would start going over Jessica's house, and her mom, just the nicest thing. Do y'all want some lunch? Here, sit down. You know, it was Aww. just heavenly, mm-hmm. heavenly. So it wasn't until I was about in the fourth or fifth grade I started to realize that I have someone different mm-hmm. in my home. This, 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 is, this isn't normal, mm-hmm. you know. Um, there were just, was she physically abusive? Oh, yes. When did this start? When did the, as little as I can remember, you know, I tried to think about this the other day, um, when somebody else asked me that question and I can remember things back from kindergarten. Right. And so I remember at least I had to be five, six years old Mm -hmm. when the physical abuse started. Now she wouldn't do this in, in front of my daddy at all Mm. and there was one situation uh I think I was maybe about nine or ten I I hadn't hit middle school middle school in Mobile's like starting at sixth grade so I was still in elementary school I don't remember what it was for which was probably nothing um but she beat me so bad with a belt and you know if that's happening you're you're gonna start you know holding your bottom trying to well, as I did that, there were webs um, just up my arm, just mm. it completely up my forearm. I, I She'd sent me to my room after that. Well, I'd, I'd went to sleep. Of course, I cried myself to sleep. My daddy must have come in there at nighttime when he got off of, off of work just to check on me. And my arm was laying like this, and I had on a short sleeve shirt, and he seen that. Mm. And I got woken up by him just... verbally because he would never be physical with anybody just verbally and threatening my mother like Mm. don't you put your hands on that baby just Mm. really you know doing what he could you know he was very protective over you he was he was my angel he was he was my protector. That's so. So when he was around, because he owned a car dealership, mm-hmm. so he was not at home Monday through Saturday. He was quite a workaholic. Cars was his was his life. Um, 
So he'd be gone throughout the day, and mm-hmm. she was a stay-at-home mom. Mm, that was my um, next question. So I would only really be alone with her unless it was after school or in the summertime. Right. Um, so it was much different for me when he wasn't home. But the second he came home, she would be nice or try to be kind mm-hmm. or... That's how um, my stepmother was. I grew up in a very abusive, um, yeah. with a very abusive childhood, a very abusive stepmother, and she would play me and my dad against each other. And would, it's evil. Would uh, when you said that you would go over to other people's houses and see how nice them that like that like makes me just want to cry because I remember that same feeling as a child. You're like, why can't my mom be like that? You Being know, like, able I to just, recognize, like it. you just want to be loved as a mm-hmm. child. That's all kids want. They just want that love. So growing up with that in the house, was it, did the abuse continue as you got older? Oh, yes. Oh, my oh, goodness. It didn't, it didn't quit. It it got worse. Were you the only child she abused? In, in the home. No, no. She okay. She did it to the other three. Mm. Um, the thing is, is, and I, I feel it's okay. I can tell this story. I mean, I know it's not my personal story, but I, I know my big sis would be okay with right. this. And if not, we um, can always cut it out. Those kids got the hell out of there, oh. and they went to live with their dad in mm. Florida. From they were little, they had the option to leave. They had the option, and my mama didn't fight for them. Oh. He came, their daddy came down there and got those kids, oh. my siblings, and my mother never fought, never nothing. It was okay, you know. That's mm. why my siblings grew up in Florida, right? And I grew up here. Mm. So I would see them from time to time. They would, you know, come for the summertime. It was just like as if as if she had custody of them and they would go to their dad's home. It was just flipped. Right. You know, so they lived with him full time. And then they would see her just, you know, in the summertime and, and stuff like that. Wow. Um, so I was the only one that was completely raised in that home with her because I didn't have an option mm-hmm. to go nowhere. Mm-hmm. You know, they were married. You know, they weren't separated or divorced. They right. were in their marriage. And they were both your parents. And so. they were my parents. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and it's like my sister said. She said, thank goodness. You know, thank goodness because they've got a great daddy. You know, that's yeah. what we just love him to death. Yeah. I mean, he's, I mean, I the was just Papa, with him. right? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, we love him. My, my husband loves him too. Yeah. Um. But he he was wonderful. He's a great dad. Right. Always has been. Um, and now he's an excellent grandfather. But so I didn't have that option. Right. Um, now, there were a few times that one of my sisters, um, you know, came down during high school years to try to, you know, see how it would work living there. Right. They didn't even last a year. Wow. They didn't last a year. They, they got I even resented one of my sisters mm. when she left because you felt like she abandoned you. she abandoned yes mm-hmm. and i come home from school and all of her things was gone because Aww. she protected me too because she was a teenager you know mm-hmm. she would fight back against our mother for um you know how i was being treated right um, would she ever tell your dad like hey this is going on oh yeah and yeah. he just he would just yell at her and like you know he didn't really have have a choice you know I'll take you to court and I'll take you know because in his mind for whatever reason he thought that that was gonna that was gonna work but it it didn't work because you're not dealing with a normal person right you're not dealing with someone 
in a rational way. Um, and it's so hard to explain that to people because everybody oh, was it. like, why, why did he stay? Well, I was asked, he, was she abusive to him too? No, no, no. So was, she just... never laid a hand on him. He never laid a hand on her. The only thing I ever seen between my mom and dad was just, was just arguing. Mm. And it, every, so she was just like a completely different human with him. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I can tell you that even me being a little girl, I would recognize that the mm-hmm. arguments would would be started by her. Right. That's so wild. As a little girl, no. being in the backseat of the car thinking, well, you shouldn't have said that because yeah. now he's going to be upset. You know, I was what old ha- enough to recognize it. Mm-hmm. What happens whenever you're a child that grows up in abuse is you become hyper aware of your surroundings mm-hmm. and you become you're in constant fight or flight. So you're zeroed in on everything. Like you're like literally you're on a battlefield waiting for the next to step on mm-hmm. the next bomb, you know, is what's happening. And that's how it feels. Yeah. No, 100 percent. I grew up like that, too. And um, that's why you were so zeroed in. And you could read your mom so well because mm-hmm. you were waiting to see when her next mood swing was coming or oh, yes. you know what was happening and that's just a lot of pressure to put on a child i the i have ooh, i have terrible terrible anxiety me too um mm-hmm. of the fear of the unknown mm-hmm. um I, I have terrible claustrophobia mm-hmm. you know in elevators and things like that that stems from she made me sit in the bathroom for six hours one day as a punishment with the lights it was so with those the things lights off? with the lights off, I was scared of the dark. I was only uh, eight years old. Oh and, my gosh! But what I'm trying to say is, every day when I would get on the bus to go home from school, I would be okay, you know, riding the bus in the neighborhood. But the closer it got to my home, mm. my heart would start racing. I would start shaking because I didn't know what kind of mama. I was going to get when I walked through that door Mm. Um, because it would just, it would change at any moment. Was she ever nice to you at any time in your life? Sure, there were times, you know, But was it real or was it just because she needed something or wanted something? You know, I can recognize her, uh, the fakeness, because that was always done in front of people. Mm -hmm. You know, people at the church, Mm -hmm. at a baby shower. That's how my stepmom was. Something like that. She would beat your ass in the car and then go praise God, you know. That's precisely how it was Mm -hmm. you know and just I I was sitting in the pew one time the night before she had hit me so hard Mm -hmm. in my mouth that it had cut the inside of my lip because of my tooth Mm -hmm. you know it had hit that bottom tooth and I was sitting in the pew and she was just standing up praising Jesus and Mm -hmm. I remember just looking behind her thinking so much anger do you even know what what you did to me last night? Yeah, you know? that's that's a lot of emotions as a child to be going through. Oh, it was it was horrible. So I did everything I could to kind of stay away from the home. Right. You know, when school was out, I'd throw my book bag on the couch and I'd dart out the door. Mm-hmm. Um, because when I was in first grade, on the bus, I met my friend Sarah, my mm-hmm. childhood friend Sarah. Um, And we met that day and we found out we lived four houses down from one another. And that was it. We have, and we've been friends almost 40 years later. Um, But her mama, Miss Jenny, was everything to me. She, she did everything. She, you know, when I got my period for the first time, I went to her. 
you know, when I was 15 and was worried I was pregnant, I went to Miss Jenny. Mm-hmm. You know, I she was the mama that I so very much wish I had mm-hmm. when I went home every day. Um, God sent you an angel. Oh, she was a complete substitute of a mother to me. Yeah. And my mother was getting that the feeling of that and she didn't like anybody to be better than her Mm. she didn't like anybody to know what she did behind closed doors she was always very afraid of what people were thinking of her and always thought someone was talking bad about her sounds like she has narcissism too oh terribly Mm mm-hmm 100 percent. yeah so then she would try to forbid me you know, from having from, friends, from having that friend down the road because because it brought you happiness. Yeah, she couldn't stand to see you happy. She she didn't like that. She didn't want me to tell people my stories mm-hmm. when I was little. You know, why did I have this bruise on me? Why this? You know, um, she didn't want that. It's so wild how that really affected her about how bad she didn't want people to think that she was a bad person or Mm -hmm. I hate to use this word, you know, crazy that she would go out of her way to try to be a different person in front of them so that they couldn't find something bad to say. Narcissists hate, um, somebody else paint exposing them and painting a picture of who Mm -hmm. they really are because they, they've built up so many personalities. They're like puppeteers, you know? So it's like behind the curtain. They don't want people to know what's going on behind the curtain. Mm -hmm. They want it to seem like they're just this perfect package and they have all their shit together when really they're just falling apart. That is very, very true. So I heard you mention that, um, you thought that you were pregnant at 15 as you started getting older um did the abuse continue up into your teens um okay so it did wow it did now did you ever think to just fight back because i finally did well that's what i was getting at so my dad died when i was 13 oh no and that entire year after he passed i didn't really see my mama oh my heart goes out to her because and i'm getting emotional Mm. even thinking about this because god forbid something happened to my husband today i wouldn't know what to do either uh, i would probably do the same thing mm-hmm. so she just kind of disappeared to her room you know didn't wake me up for school didn't cook didn't she didn't do anything wow so i didn't see her for weeks and sometimes months at a time now of course i don't know if she'd come out of that room while i was at school you know but when i came home it, if i tried to open that bedroom door i got hollered at you know wow. and she has suffered from depression mm-hmm. her entire life. Again, I feel for her mm-hmm. with that. Yeah. Um, but I, I cannot imagine what she went through getting that phone call saying, your husband just had a heart attack. Mm. If I ever get something like that, I, I would be in the same boat. I couldn't imagine. So I, I will never, ever hold this area against her because of that that speaks volumes of you Ophelia. i that empathize is, with that i'm like trying so hard not to cry over here that speaks volumes of the human that you are that this woman has put you through so much pain and so much hurt and you just still have so much love and compassion like well i have to you know it you know i i don't have time to be angry and bitter and frustrated just because I got dealt a couple of shitty hands in my life. I you love know, that outlook. it takes so much more energy to just be that way when you can just 
you know, continue being a blessing to somebody else's life, yep. you know. Um, Sorry, I'm over here fighting tears so bad because <laughs> this this really like touches home. Like I've I've can really relate to your story. Yeah, it's your life. Yeah, it's crazy. So, so, so I didn't see her for um I would say about did, a year. How did your dad passing away affect you? Sure. Um. Okay. So like I mentioned earlier, he owned a car dealership mm-hmm. and it was used cars, and he had just an amazing reputation in, in Mobile for being, you know, a used car lot. Um, he would go out of his way for families. Mm. There was this family that showed up one time. They had just enough money for the car. And my dad uh, knocked the price down, then drove the car to the gas station next door, filled it up for him. Like he, mm. my daddy was best man on the planet. <laughs> um, so he had a wonderful business, wonderful mm. business. Uh, but he refused to buy local. He did not trust the vehicles, um, and that's probably why he has such a good reputation, you know. So every Monday he'd fly out of Mobile, or excuse me, Pensacola, mm-hmm. and fly to St. Petersburg mm-hmm. in Florida. Yep. And he purchased from uh, those big auctions down there in Florida, and then he would have the vehicles, vehicles transported on one of those transport trucks. Well, he had been... He was a smoker, menthol, mm-hmm. Salem Light 100. Um, he'd been coughing for about three weeks. A cough just wouldn't go away. Oh. Just wouldn't go away. Uh, he goes to the doctor, and he's told that he's got congestive heart failure. Mm-hmm. Now, from what we understand, that doctor told him, you've got to take some time off of work. Yeah. You've, got, you've, you've got to relax. You're a workaholic. Your heart is not doing good. Let's let's take some time off. Treat your body good. He took about two weeks off and said, yeah, I need to go back out there and get some cars. Well, my mama asked him to take my brother with him, you know, my dad's son from a previous marriage, my brother Brad. Um, and my daddy said, no, no, I'll, I'll go. I'll be fine. Don't worry about it. That was Monday. We get a call Thursday, and this is about two hours past the time he's supposed to be home and mm. of course my mama just thought he was just running late um and we get a phone call and I answer it and it's my grandfather which is my father's dad um and he said uh Opie I need to I need to talk to your mama and I said okay well she's in her room and he said I love you I said well I love you and my grandpa was great and I said mm. I love you too grandpa and he said uh, let me talk to your mama is serious and I'm thinking serious okay you know I was 13 Mm. not that is not what's going to cross my mind I go in there and I open the door and I said mama my grandpa's on the phone and I just kind of left the door cracked because I was going to listen to the phone conversation yeah um we all did that as kids and (laughs) mama sat up on the edge of the bed and I could see her back on the phone at the nightstand and all of a sudden with about 10 seconds she starts screaming Mm. saying no no then I opened the door again, and I said, Mama, what is it? And without, and I, I don't hold no grudge against this. this I, again, I'm really putting myself in her shoes. She just turned around and screamed, your daddy is dead. Mm. And just starts crying and screaming. I'm just really on the phone, you know, with, with my grandpa. And I thought, did I really just hear that? Mm. So I stood there just in, in shock. And waited till she got off the phone, and I really don't remember what happened after that. Yeah, you disassociated. Other than I do know that I was the one that chose to call my sister, 
my dad's first child. Um, my mother hated her for all the wrong reasons. Mm. You know, she ain't never did anything to her, just didn't like her. Right. Um, I was the one that did call my sister and have to and have to tell her. Um mm. it it I got how and you were thirteen? Thirteen. He died uh December fifteenth, nineteen ninety four. Mm. So right before Christmas. Oh. So I I don't only remember pieces of the funeral. I I remember my dress being too tight because I had outgrown it. You know, I remember just these tiny little unimportant things about you disassociated because yeah. you were under so much trauma that your brain just couldn't handle it. Yeah. You pretty much like your brain just fragmented to cope and to be able to get through life. Yeah, in that moment. And I, I still I still do that today. There are so many things that I have forgotten about that I'd mm. even went through until I'm just driving down the road and all of a sudden a memory just pops in my mind, mm. you know? Um, I remember there was a lot of people at that funeral because he was so well-loved in our community. He just kind of bent over backwards for just mm. everybody. You know, he always he sounds said... sounds like an amazing man. He Oh, he was, he was perfect. Yeah. He said that's how he was so blessed because he enjoyed blessing other people. Mm. You know, he, he did the same thing for Miss Jenny, you know, gave her a car for almost nothing. You know, no. he just would do anything for anybody. But, um, so, I, yeah, I didn't see her for about a year. I just continued getting up, going to school every morning. You know, I'd set my alarm clock and um, got up. I rode the bus, and then i get into middle school. That's a lot. Eighth You've grade. had to deal with so much in such a short short time yeah. of your life. You know, I just can't imagine just all that weight on your shoulders as a child, just knowing that you have to get up and be responsible for yourself, that you have to be but the But when adult. you're doing it, Bunny, you don't. you don't even think about it. I know. You just, you just do it. Oh, you literally just do it because that's your life. Yeah. And you don't think, oh, this is going to be hard, or, oh, I shouldn't be doing it. You, you just survive. S- survive, yep. Yep, and sometimes just exist mm-hmm. um but you know so I'm turning 14 mm-hmm. and I'm getting the feel of middle school now and boys and <laughs> attention and no. you know what it looks like to go to a party and all that and then I just things changed Uh-oh. things changed I um started smoking oh. i started smoking marijuana weed the devil's grass i you know <laughs> just stupid stuff yeah stupid stuff I mean, but you're, that's normal that's what all teenagers go through oh of course you know i started doing that stuff at that age. i left home at 14 and never went back mm-hmm. so you know i imagine what i did on the streets of vegas yeah <laughs> we were doing snorting glass and I mean doing crazy shit mm-hmm. so yeah no I totally get it but that's as a teenager especially after all the trauma you've been through you oh, were just yeah. looking for an outlet you that is all you're doing you yeah. are looking for any way you can yeah to relieve whatever it is you're dealing with absolutely so because I feel like because I wasn't getting the nurturing mm-hmm. and the love and the attention from nobody else you know it was just me and her in that home that's it that's just me and her and I couldn't talk to her I Mm -hmm. couldn't I couldn't do anything with her um she gets physical with me when I'm about 14 14 and a half Uh, I don't remember what it was but that was the first time 
that I had fought back, I pushed her over the coffee table. Good for you. Um, but it, but <laughs> I wasn't meaning you. to. I wasn't meaning to. But still, it was just. I wanted her away from me. Right. You just had enough. Get off of me. Yes. Is, is where that come from. Yes. And when I did that, I don't think she messed with me physical. A, again, really. I don't. It's like a bully. I know? don't think she ever did. I think it was, oh, okay, she's my size now. Mm-hmm. I can't, can't control her now physically. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I think it probably resonated with her like, oh, okay, I may not need to do that now. You right. Know? Um, so, I, so I did. And she got up and she walked off and I walked out the house. And, you know, back then there wasn't cell phones or social mm-hmm. media. We all had them pagers, honey. Y'all we had the them pagers. <laughs> um, the codes. With the codes. Yep. And I walked to the neighbor's house and called somebody to come get me. And I don't even think. I come home for like one or two weeks, and I still went to school. Aww. I stayed at my friend's house. I still, school was very, very important, important to me. To you. Very important to me. Um, and then I turned fifteen. You know, this is you know cutting everything a little bit shorter. You know, we don't have all the time in the world here. I mean, uh, we, um, I'm loving your story, so you take your time. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm fifteen now, and I meet this boy. Lord, how mercy did I fall in love with him? Aww. He was just. He, y'all, Lord, I fell in love. Mm. And this was not puppy love. love. He was something else. Um, And I got, I have sex, Mm. not thinking, not knowing this could be life changing. Mm. You know, you're not thinking that at the moment. It's the attention that you're getting. It's the love. That you need, that affection. It's it's all of that that you're missing. You're just getting That doesn't make you, you're not a bad person. You literally have been through a lot of shit. You're a kid that's experimenting. What what you're doing is normal for, you know, a child that's been through all the shit you've been through. That's precisely what the hell was happening. Yeah. Um, so So I didn't see what's crazy is that I didn't know anything about the symptoms. I didn't know what Did to you get look pregnant for. the first time you had sex? Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. I have a similar story too. I ended up having yep. to get an abortion because I was living on the streets, but Sure. Yeah. Um that's crazy that the same exact thing almost happened yeah. to me. Our stories are so eerily similar. It's crazy. I, um I did, but you you know, when my daughter was 16, 17, you know, we had already had a million daggum talks. Right. You know? Oh, that's how I am with Bailey. With Bailey, right? it's like I try to keep the lines. I try to do everything that my stepmom did not do with me, you know, and break every that is right. emotional trauma that I ever went through and every generational curse, you know. And with Bailey, I try to tell her everything. You know, like we should, if anything happens, she comes and sits down and talks to me. Mm-hmm. And just like you, I couldn't go and talk to my, my stepmom like that because I never knew what kind of mood she would be in or you know she was never diagnosed but she was trust her at all and if you did anything wrong the whole family knew about it like it was just one of those things Mm -hmm. you know um so you have sex for the first time Mm -hmm. you get pregnant get pregnant had no had no idea no idea the what what happened and what made me okay wait a minute here what's what's happening to my body mm. I got my period I think when I was like 12 12 and a half that was the first time I got my period yeah and that's a whole nother story because yeah. oh, no. it is it's hilarious um but I woke up that morning I think it was on a Saturday something like that and my boobs 
were so sore. Mm. Now, from the time I, I first got my cycle, I had never had that sim- symptom. Now I'm 40, and two days before I start my period, these oh, yeah. things are engorged, you yeah. know? Um, but I have a little I never, app that tracks everything in my life. <laughs> I never had that symptom. Oh, so wow. I'm thinking, what's going on here? Mm. Didn't think anything about it. At the time, my friend Sarah, Miss Jenny's daughter, mm. was pregnant. Uh-huh. She's probably about six months, I think, six mm. months along. Um, and I ended up calling her. I said, why, why are my boobs hurting? What What did I, did I like pull a muscle? And she said, oh, Opie, you know, have you and Garrett, have y'all been having sex or doing it? And I was like, no. And I said, it just, I said, no. She said, are you sure? And I said, no. I, just, I mean, I just did it oh, no. just like that. And yeah. she said, okay, I'm coming to get you. The thing is, Miss Jenny worked at a clinic oh. a pregnancy test clinic wow um now it was christian based mm-hmm. so there were a lot of things in there a lot of anti-abortion mm-hmm. and all of that stuff and um but because she worked there um you know she could bring test home or i could come there mm-hmm. um so i ended up going to miss jenny and miss jenny gives me a test and as i'm waiting on it she comes back in there she says you know, what would you do? You know, if, if, if you're not pregnant, this has to be a scare tactic. Mm-hmm. You, you've got to do things a little differently with your life now, don't you think? You know, was not scolding me, right, just but helping me understand, hey, I might, if this is a negative, this is a good thing, and I need to, I need to take care of myself. She was being a mom. She was being a mama. Um, so we had a little, a little conversation, you know, 10, 15 minutes, and, um, she said, okay, well, I'll be back. And she comes back in there and she says, you're pregnant. Mm. And I wasn't scared. I wasn't, I didn't, I think I wasn't, it wasn't registering how serious this situation was mm-hmm. for a 15-year-old. Right. Because it is. Oh, no. It is. Um, so I said, okay. And I said it just like that. Okay. Um and she said, but now we've got to go tell your mama because, you know, you need to go to the doctor. You need to, you know, make arrangements for oh. things. And my mother is extremely religious. Mm. So, you know, I, I knew right off the bat abortion was not going to be something that my little self was going to do. Right. Um, now, I am a Christian, but I'm also pro-choice. I would have never... I, you have to be. I yeah. mean, I got a daughter running around on this world, and I want my damn daughter to have mm-hmm. a freaking choice, if okay? I could have gone back in time and not got the... What happened was it, uh, I ended up getting the abortion. They didn't give me enough medication. I was awake the whole time, so I felt them ripping the baby from my body. And I was crying, telling them to imagine. stop, and they wouldn't stop. Well, the doctor ended up messing up something inside of me, um, and I had two ectopic pregnancies after that. Really? Yeah, so I paid for my choice as anything that I've ever done in my life that I've ever felt that I shouldn't do, and I still did it. I always, my karma always comes back around, and, you know, I always get taught my lesson. But I was, a, you know, I was a baby. I didn't know what was happening, and I was pressured by the guy that I got pregnant mm-hmm. by, and... You know, it was just, I was living on the streets. I was a runaway, you know, so it was like, I, what that was the hell was you supposed to do? What was I going to do? You know, but I 100% respect your decision. I think what you did was amazing and brave to do at 15. It, yeah. It's, 
I mean, even though, even though, and and I hate talking about politics, but this is this is important to me because yeah, no, I feel like it. I feel like I'm a good representation of what a real Christian looks like. Mm-hmm. You know, um, is abortion for me probably not mm-hmm. just because I'm an old sappy woman and I'm in a different situation than someone who has to make a decision like that. Right. I've never been in something like that, right. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and truth be told, nobody likes abortion. Nobody. Mm-mm. But the people who have to go through that, I can't even imagine, Mm-mm. you know? Yeah. But I think the government needs to stay out of people's business. I'm going to say that. Yeah, but this whole thing that's happening in Texas is in, and Illinois, right? Is it, or is crazy. it just, yeah, that's just, it's I mean, crazy. There's a lot of, um, things I would love to speak about on that too. I just don't understand it. And I think a woman's body is, you know, her body. And if, what if somebody gets raped or, you That's know, incest what I'm talking about. or, That's what I'm you talking know, like about. there's just so many, it's too many scenarios. It's not black happen. and white. It's not black and white. It's literally, there's so much gray area mm-hmm. and what they're doing, I think is just not right. It just wasn't in the cards for me personally. Right. Yes. When you told your mom that you were pregnant, how did that go? She threw a Bible at my stomach. She was standing. Actually, I'd probably sitting just like this. Um, and she was standing in front of me because I'd walked in the door. Now, Miss Jenny sat in that vehicle outside. I'm so mad at your mom. To make sure <laughs> that I was going to be safe delivering this information because mm, she knew how your mom was because sarah was like just wait till you start showing and, t-. and i said no i i have to be honest and i have to tell her right now and i i told her the same day i wanted i wanted to do everything the right way as i felt should have been done right you know um and i couldn't hold that from my mama even though she you wasn't have, a good one you have such an amazing moral compass I was still her child, and I would certainly be devastated if my daughter mm. kept something like that from me. Right. So I wanted her to know that still as her daughter, I, I respected Respect her, it. and I needed her to know is what I needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, well, I've got something to tell you, and she stands there, and she says, what? You know, just an old attitude. Um, and I said, I'm pregnant just like that. She looks at me, and I don't know if you've ever seen one of these Bibles before. It's one of the big, thick Bibles. Mm-hmm. They're old, like from the 70s, mm-hmm. and they usually sit on people's tables, coffee tables yep. at somebody's grandma's house. Yeah, and they're okay? heavy. Yes. She picked up that Bible and threw it at my stomach as hard as she could. As hard as she could. Mm. And she said, you are on your own with that bastard child, and walked away. And I sat there a little bit in shock because I'm sitting here as a 15-year-old child because I was a child. Trying to process. Trying to figure out, is this a bad thing that just happened? Do I need to go tell Miss Jenny? Is is the baby okay? Like, that's really what I'm thinking. Because, you know, you don't know this stuff. You see stuff on movies and, you know, pregnant women fall down and they lose the baby. Mm-hmm. I'm really not thinking of me. Right. I'm thinking of this very tea-tiny you know, probably six week little baby baby. in the inside Mm -hmm. of me. So she walked away and went back to the room and I grabbed my things and I walked out the door and I knew Miss Jenny would still be sitting out there. And she was, (laughs) and I got in the car and she says, are we going home? 
-hmm. And I said, yes, ma'am, we're going to your home. And she didn't say anything in the vehicle. We just drove. It was me, Sarah, and Miss Jenny. Mm, I sat in the back. That up, too, again. <laughs> just what, looking out the window, just crying, mm -hmm. you know, because I didn't need anything from my mother at that moment mm -hmm. other than support. I, you know, no money, no nothing. I just needed her to say, it's going to be okay. Right. I never got that, you know, ever. Mm. But I got it from Miss Jenny when I was getting out of the car. When we got to her house, um, she gets out of the car and she walks over there and she says, that's okay. I love you. Mm. And we're going to figure this thing out. Praise you know? Jesus for Miss Jenny, right? She was wonderful. Wonderful. You know, here she was, has her own daughter pregnant. At 16. And then she's got little Ophelia, because that's what she always called me, <laughs> pregnant at 15. We're all know. in here crying. <laughs> this is so... I'm I so, needed, I no, need I needed the emotional release. Cry. No, it's just... It, it takes uh, you back to those little girl moments, don't it? Yeah. That's what happens when, on my TikToks is people just, they feel in those moments mm -hmm. and it makes them think... That was me when yeah. I was 17, or that was me. When you do uh, EMDR, I, I always say it wrong. I don't know if it's EDMR or EMDR. I think it's EMDR therapy. I don't know if you've ever done that. They have you go back to the child and you and have these conversations with the child mm -hmm. um, of yourself, mm -hmm. you know, and it's one of the most emotional things you'll ever do, but it was really freeing for one me whenever I did it. One of my other therapists that I've had <clears throat> told me about it I don't know, maybe about three years ago. Yeah. But it, I said, no, I, I think I think that one would be a little bit too difficult yeah. for me. We and do it when you're ready, but I've done, I did about two sessions of it and it felt, it was just such an emotional cleanse that I needed. I was about to say, it's probably a release. Yes. And so whenever you're ready, I would definitely look into that and, you know, take that time for you because yeah. I feel like just from, you know, just the beginning of your conversation now, the little bit I know, you're such a... um you're a lot like me. It's like, it doesn't matter what we go through. We're always going to put other people's emotions before ours because. Oh yes. Deep down inside, we just don't want to hurt, mm -hmm. you know? So, and as you know, I'm 42 and I didn't get depression until I was 40 years old because of all of the abuse and trauma mm -hmm. that I didn't deal with. Mm -hmm. So the past two years I've been on this spiritual journey of just trying to heal and just, you know, whatever tactics I can do as far as therapeutic and therapy mm -hmm. to help with that. So I just don't ever want it to hit you like a ton of bricks one day, like it did me, mm -hmm. you know, um, after you moved to Jen Miss Jenny's, did you stay there the entire well, I pregnancy? Didn't, I didn't move there. I stayed there for a few weeks. Okay. Gotcha. And then sh my mother called me, mm -hmm. um, at Miss Jenny's house and said, um, I've made you a doctor's appointment, so I'm going to come get you because I need to take you to the doctor. Now, she was being like a normal mom at the moment, and I said, okay. And I was very grateful that... You just wanted her to love you. Oh, my gosh, yes. Mm. Oh, yes, Lord, mm -hmm. yes. Um, And she did. She yeah. came and got me from Miss Jenny's, um, and she took me to my first doctor's appointment. Um, and I was like six and a half weeks. Mm. Um, 
and then I we left there and I, I went home and mm-hmm. tried to, you know, be normal. Now, this was in the summertime that I found out I was pregnant, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but when school starts to happen, which I think is August or September, um, I go in there in the room. Now things are okay. They're they're okay for those those few months. Right. Now she was still mean and hateful, but there was no abuse, physical right. abuse. There were verbal. Right. There would always be that. Mm. Um but it 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 wasn't just so so difficult that I needed to get out of there. It was it was tolerable, right. you know. Um, it was like a walk in the park for you if you weren't getting hit right. finally for once. Right, that's yeah. exactly right. But no, she it was nothing physical during that time, which right. I was I was glad. Um, so, but school was about to start, and that was the first year that Mobile County made it mandatory for kids to wear uniforms. You know, everybody's going to wear khaki pants, white shirt, or yeah. whatever school color you have. Um, and they, the reason they did that, and they did this years ago, back in 1998 or 97, I think, um, was to cut the bullying down. You know, not yes. everybody's able to have nice clothes and, yeah. you know, clean clothes and, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So they felt like, okay, well, if all of y'all are wearing the same thing, you don't have anything to say now, do you? I liked the idea. I thought it was cool, but here's where my problem fell in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went in there in my mom's room and I said, um, what am I going to do about uniforms? And she said, I'm not buying you uniforms. I said, well, th- that's... You know, we can't wear normal clothes no more. She says, I be damned if I go anywhere to have to buy maternity uniforms. You are not going to that school and embarrassing this family. That's like just, you know, easily come out of her mouth. Just it was nothing to her to say that. I'm sitting here thinking, um, I'll be 16 in like two weeks. You know, birthdays in September. I have to go to school, you know. Uh, it became a huge argument. Mm. Uh, I called my big sister, Laurie. That's, me and Laurie's like this. Um, and Shout I said, Laurie. can you please talk to her? Because if I don't have uniforms, I can't go to school. I, I got to go to school because, honey, I didn't care what I had to do. I was going to be a forensic anthropologist. Yeah. That was my goal. That's <laughs> what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. I was going to University of Knoxville, Tennessee. Aww. That's where I was going to go. Yay. And. I'm sitting here thinking, if I don't get to school, what in the world am I going to do, you know? Mm. So my sister gets involved. It becomes a huge conflict with my mother. It, it doesn't work. Wow. So I couldn't, I, I dropped out of school because wow. she wouldn't go and sign me up. She wouldn't do anything. There was no other guardian that I had that was connected to my school records. Um I even called Miss Jenny and I said, can we lie? Can we say I live with something to get me? I did everything I could. And Miss Jenny said, you know, Ophelia, I love you, but I cannot get involved with something like that regarding, you know, your school stuff with your mom. Because my mama was terrible. Right. It was terrible. And I understood that. I would right. be putting Miss Jenny in harm's in way. Um, so I dealt with it. Um, Where was the father of the child during all this? Um, When I told him... I was pregnant. We we stayed together, and then when I was about three months, he broke up with me, just out of nowhere. He's a douche, he's a butthole, a butthole, <laughs> a butthole. And I, <laughs> me and him are, we're like we are just. I mean, we've been friends for twenty four oh, years. Good. 
he didn't know what the hell to do. I mean, you guys were babies. He didn't. Yeah. I, I have never hated him. Yeah. I never asked for child support. I never did nothing. Right. I just brought this youngin into this world, and that's it. Anytime he would call throughout the years to see Gibson, absolutely. Of yeah. course, you know, he will defend me for anybody. He is, I love him. No. He just got scared. He didn't yeah. know what the hell to do. And yes, I figured it out and he could have too, but he didn't. Right. And I'm well, not Well, men have no it grudges. easy. Men can just walk away and it's not a Oh, problem. he, honey, he was living it up. He was <laughs> living it up. He was partying. You know, at this time, I think he had turned 18. So now he was the big shot going in the clubs now. And, oh, gosh. Um, Oh, I was so angry at him. Oh, yeah, I bet. hated him. <laughs> um, the pregnancy was terrible. Oh, no. Um, I developed preeclampsia oh. um, at uh, 32 weeks. Mm. I kept going into well, preterm labor. What is preeclampsia for people okay, at home who might, not, who might not know what it is? is well, there's preeclampsia and then there's toxemia. I've actually had both mm. with my pregnancies. Preeclampsia is when the blood pressure of the mother is elevated so high mm. where, if I'm, I hope I'm saying this right, creatine um, spills over into the kidneys. Oh. And they're able to see that through our, our urine when we pee in a cup. Mm. But the blood pressure skyrockets. And the only way to cure mama is to deliver this baby. Mm. So if mama gets preeclampsia when she's 28 weeks pregnant, mm. that's bad. They're going to have to induce you and take the... Yeah, it's really, really bad. Do you think it's because of all the stress that you were under? Um, I asked the doctor that, um, which I thought was a smart question yes. being so young. <laughs> but I knew my daddy had high oh, blood pressure. Yeah. He says it could be. He said sometimes it just happens spur of the moment mm -hmm. for mamas. He says sometimes it's hereditary. He said, mm. with you, there's really just no telling. No um, and I said, well, what about because I'm young? And he said, it has nothing to do with it. He said, your age during the pregnancy, any woman can get preeclampsia mm. or toxemia. Uh, but that's it. The, the only way to save your life is to induce the labor um, and have a C-section. Or if they feel you're okay to have a natural birth, they'll, they'll do that. So, I had went into preterm labor several times up until this point. Gosh. I was constantly being taken to the to the ER. My mother constantly taking me to the ER, just dropping me off, um, getting them to check everything out, you know. Um, and I, we were out yard selling one Saturday, and I didn't feel right. Mm. I looked in the mirror, in the, you know, the pull-down mirror in the car. My face was very puffy. Mm. Um, I noticed my feet were swelling. I had read that book, What to Expect While You're Expecting. So I knew the feet swelling was going to be more of a bigger issue once later in my pregnancy. But right. I'm 32, 32 weeks, so I'm thinking, okay, well, that might not be a good thing. So I tell my mom, I said, I don't feel right. Something don't feel right with me. I don't, I don't, I don't feel good. Mm. So she says, are you having the Braxton Hicks again? Are you having the contractions again? Um, and I said, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so. Cause I didn't really know what, what to feel like. Right. You know? This is your first um, pregnancy. Each time that I had went into, which I think was about four times prior to this, 
my uterus was not contracting for me to recognize what a contraction was. Right. I had just had severe pressure down below, mm. which they said, you know, that that's usually part of a contraction. But I wasn't, I didn't know enough about a contraction to know that was a part of that. Right. So those other times I'd went into preterm labor, my stomach never contracted. I never had Braxton Hicks. Mm. I had other symptoms that was diagnosed as preterm labor. So this time, I felt my stomach getting hard. I was so young. I, I didn't know that was a contraction. Right. You know. Um, so I said, I, I just don't feel right. Can you can you take me? Well, she threw a fit. She was real mean about it. And she said, well, I'll take you. I'll just drop you off. And I'm thinking to myself, well, that's fine because that's what you always do. Right. But, you know. Well, she drops me off and they take me to the back. They get a urine sample from me because when the nurse walked in, she said, how long has your face been? Are you swollen? And I said, yeah, you know, because I knew. Um, they immediately ordered the urine because they had, it, they said they already thought this looks like preeclampsia right here, preeclampsia. Mm. Uh, and they tested, and sure enough, uh, it was when about two hours the doc came in. He said, okay, little lady. I've got to induce your labor. Mm. Um, you have a pretty bad case of preeclampsia. Um, so we're going to have to take this baby right now. Is that safe to do? Uh, oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. The I mean, it, people, get in, pe- people get induced all the time. Yeah. It's it's very safe. Uh, it's normal. Yeah. Um, it's, now, I don't know what it feels like to just naturally go into labor. <laughs> you're walking through the mall and your water breaking. Yeah, it must be nice, right? Yeah, because <laughs> all, all four were induced okay. because of preeclampsia mm-hmm. or toxemia. Gotcha. Um, so I said, okay, um, okay, you know, and I called my mama and she said okay and i didn't see her until you know after the baby was born but um so you did it all by yourself oh yeah with a nurse that i fell in love with <laughs> was so good to me mm-hmm. through the whole thing um i used to go and see her every year on my son's birthday i'd take oh. him to to go see her um yes I was, it was just me that nurse the doctors and the other nurses and i delivered him um for a brief moment they thought they were going to have to do a cesarean Mm. um but things took a turn for the better and i was able to just push that little three pound baby out he was was the size of my hand oh my goodness it's so tiny like a puppy um like a little puppy yeah yeah He came out looking just like his father. Oh. I was like, really? Really, Lord? (laughs) After all this shit, this is what I got to deal with? Um, In that moment after you gave birth, how did you feel? Did you feel the love that everybody says? This blissful moment? No. (laughs) I didn't feel any of that. I I told you I was going to come on this podcast and be truthful. (laughs) Um, No, I was exhausted. And then I was like, oh, you're going to put him on, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I I was 16 Still not realizing um, I'm legit a mama. Those Money. good feelings didn't really come until um, after I had, unfortunately, after I had him, um, I had a seizure due to the preeclampsia. Oh, my goodness. So I had to end up in ICU for a little bit um, after I had him. So he was being taken, well taken care of by mm. the nurses while I was, you know, you trying to get better. thing, man. Um so once I was able to come out of there, move to a normal room, mm-hmm. and they brought him in there to me, then it was the, okay, mm-hmm. he's all mine. Yeah. He's all mine. 
Um, so what happens after this? After you have the baby, do you go back home? I do go back home. Mm. And I've, I've told many stories about, you know, things that happened after that on my social media, mainly on my TikTok. Can but, we touch on them a little bit just um, in case of people this is their first time here? Yeah, because especially since I've brought up Miss Jenny, mm-hmm. um, because I was out and about with my mama that day, um, you know, yard selling, and I go into preterm labor, and her dropping me off, but don't come back until I had, until, you know, it's time to be discharged. So I didn't have anything. I didn't have no shampoo, no body wash, no brush. I, I didn't have anything. Mm. Um, I called my mama after I'd gotten out of ICU because I was in there a few days. Um, I called my mama and I said, can you bring me some hygiene stuff, you know? I don't have a toothbrush and all that. And she told me no. I said, okay, you know. A couple hours later, after I'd called Miss Jenny, and I said, Miss Jenny, you going to come see the baby today? And she said, of course I'm coming. Of course I'm coming to see that baby. Um, and um, I said, well, can you see if Sarah can bring me, like, a pair of um, shorts or shorts? I said, I don't have anything here. Now, I didn't say anything. I didn't say I don't have toothbrush. Or I just said, can you ask Sarah if she bring me a few clothes I can sleep in comfortably? Um, and she said, of course I will. Well, Miss Jenny shows up at the hospital, walks in the door with this big old basket. <laughs> and in that basket was body wash and toothbrush and everything I needed to get myself back together. And I said, Miss Jenny, how'd you know I needed all that? She said, honey, your mama dropped you off with nothing. So I came back with everything. I couldn't, she, she always came in those moments that I needed her. Mm -hmm. You know, she was a real, she was a mom. Yeah. She was the mom that you weren't given. She thought she birthed me. Yeah. That's how good (laughs) she was she was to me but but yeah i i go home i remember um being wheeled out of the hospital um and i was holding he's so tiny so tiny (laughs) now he was so little you know he had to stay in there a few weeks you know because he's he's so little then he had to have a surgery i know it uh because he had pyloric stenosis Mm. pyloric stenosis is like this muscle between the esophagus and the stomach that makes it where the formula comes out projectile. Mm. Uh, whenever you're, you have a baby, you'll always hear a pediatrician, look, you look for these things. If you see this, you need to bring the baby back in. That's one of that because the projectile vomiting could mean pyloric stenosis. Right. Um, and sure enough, I paid attention. Um, and they seen it in the hospital after I'd called them in there. I said, hey, this came out like the poltergeist this ain't right right and they x-rayed him sure enough he had pyloric stenosis mm. so then he had to have surgery um but the day we were leaving they were wheeling me out and i, I was holding him and i n- no lie i looked down and i told i said i'm gonna do everything i can to keep this baby safe no. and happy and healthy and so much better than what I had because, you know, we had the finances. We had the beautiful home and the nice car, and I had nice clothes. I had anything I wanted material-wise. Right. I just didn't have the only thing I needed, which love. was which was that love, mm-hmm. you know. He picked you, though. You know, yeah. your son picked you. He knew you needed 
Yeah. Oh, he saved me. Mm-hmm. And he, he probably don't even have any idea because I don't. Mm. Is, is that the one that I met? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. My oldest, 24. Mm-hmm. So 24 mm-hmm. years ago, mm-hmm. I had him. But, I, you know, I don't even think those youngins know just how bad it was for me. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't want. I don't even want the memories or of me telling this right. in their minds. Right. You know? Well, you've guarded them so much because you know, you just didn't want them to ever hurt like you did. Ever. Or have a, you know. So what happens now after you have the baby, you go back home, what happens now? Yeah, I, I go home, mm-hmm. you know, um, and it was about, I don't know, maybe two, three days late. And I could have the time frame messed up because I, this is, I have terrible PTSD from all of this mess, but, um, my mother leaves. You've been through some shit. (laughs) My mother leaves and goes somewhere. I want to say maybe she was shopping. I don't even know. Um, I'm in my room and I'm, I'm feeding the baby. I'm feeding Gibson. And she come through the door. out of just out of nowhere. She opens the door and she says, you need to leave. And I said, huh? You know, what? She says, I don't want you here anymore. I don't want you or that bastard here anymore. She would always call my baby a bastard. Like I could I could physically harm somebody today calling my Any child that. Ab- yeah. I don't That's know what grandson, it was about know? that word and her and referring to my baby as that, but it infuriated me but I knew I could tell by her eyes I could tell by her face she was in a manic episode right so I had learned throughout the years when to don't say nothing right don't don't fight back right agree and walk away mm. keep the peace you you need to be safe Choose your right battles. now yeah there is a baby right here right we need to be safe right so I I just said okay just like that I said okay and I went to get some stuff, and she said, "No, you're not taking any of this because I paid for this." What a just an evil shit of evils. A I don't woman. know what, honey. And I put the baby in the car seat, which she didn't pay for. I had gotten at a baby shower um, that I had was given. Um, I grabbed the baby. I didn't have no clothes. I grabbed what I could fit in his diaper bag, mm. what I could fit in there. And again, there were no cell phones back then. Um, but I went to go use the phone in the kitchen, and she was right behind me, and she snatched it right out of my hand very aggressively. I, again, I knew that if I did anything, this would escalate, right? And she could harm this baby, right? And the you only were, thing you I were needed being to a do, mom. I need to get the hell out of that house with that baby. Yeah. Is what I needed to do. Yep. So after she snatches the phone, and this is this was. I don't think I have ever been so afraid and so quiet in any of her episodes as I was at this moment right. on this one. And it was because this baby was here. Right. Um, I grabbed the car seat and I walked out that damn door. Now, our nearest neighbor was about a mile and a half because there were wooded areas wow. between us. And I took that carrier and I walked to my neighbor's house where my friend Amanda lived, and I i mean, I wasn't crying. I was upset. I, I was afraid because I didn't know if she was going to come behind me in the vehicle and try to run me. I just didn't know. No, you can't trust her. It was the look on her eye, it, the look on her face. Mm-hmm. It was, I've never seen I her. call it shark eyes. Yes. They look like sharks. 
it, whenever they get like that. That her eyes in general were traumatizing enough. Right. And my feelings were right. She was. Stay tuned to next week's episode to see what happens in part two of Dumb Blonde Podcast. Across California, school food professionals are using their skills to develop recipes that incorporate fresher ingredients and more scratch cooking. Learn how they're cooking up change at schoolfoodpros.org. Grant provided by California Community College's Chancellor's Office.